Hey, everybody. It's Ben and Rob from Edge of Wonder. It's time to place your bets because the fight <laughs> of a lifetime may really be happening. Mark Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk in the octagon. Yeah, I'm still not sure about this one, but according to prominent people in the UFC community like Dana White, this has the potential to be the biggest match of all time. Definitely will. <laughs> and there's a big question on everyone's mind, though. Will the fight really happen? Elon Musk's own mother is determined to end the feud between the two before it actually takes place. But could something else be brewing behind the scenes? Also on tonight's live show, be sure not to miss the top insane boxing matches in history that we found. Then another news about competitive groups. Two more Chinese Communist Party spy balloons were spotted floating over the U.S. Surprise, surprise. And the U.S. has its first bill to counter the CCP's evil forced organ harvesting. Will the balloons be shot down? Well, join us on this Edge of Wonder Live as we uncover all of this, have a live Q&A, and a meditation prayer only on Rise.tv. So let's get started, and we'll see you guys out on the edge. And are you listening to our Edge of Wonder podcast? If you are, please give us a five-star rating and review so we can keep making this awesome content for you guys and here we are in person finally. yeah how y'all doing <laughs> how are you doing rob i'm good it's good cool. to be here we shot a bunch of edge of wonder uh new shows over the weekend and um yeah hope you guys are going to be enjoying that uh we got uh several episodes on um strange conspiracies around light bulbs actually if you can believe that it's the it's way weirder than even i thought it would be <laughs> that's true and then yeah. also um the three, three episodes on, on reptilian site well we should say reptilian sightings or lizard people sightings that's what was so or, interesting about that's it, really though. more what it is it's not so much the conspiracy as much as like you no know. like finding real examples of this and then trying to work out what the heck is going on <laughs> there's some there's, there's a lot of fun discussions there there really was and we found a lot of old reports and i'm talking to like old reports from like 1800s reports in newspapers <clears throat> that were reporting these things so we have uh yeah so you guys are really going to enjoy those episodes a lot so there'll be a lot of fun all right, so um, yeah, I mean, Zuck versus Musk. What the heck happened here? Dude, I, I, it was like it's so funny because everybody I am talking to, we all did the same thing. The first thing we did was go on the internet to make sure this wasn't an Onion or Babylon Bee article. Which, which <laughs> seems like it could be, but And actually, then I was like, no, they have to be joking. They can't be serious about this, right? And I'm more likely to believe that as real news nowadays than I am as it being a Babylon B article because things are so weird recently. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, and in what, you know, it's like usually when people want to fight, there's like a lot of money. It's like, you know, especially like something like this, there's a lot of money at stake. Neither one of them really need money. So it's kind of like really what's going on here. You know, um, I think, I honestly think that there is a bit of a vendetta against these two. And Zuckerberg has been training for a long time on his own. Just he does jujitsu. I mean, it's well known that he does. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's thinking this is a great way for him to look, you know, cooler 
and get some points out there, <laughs> some street cred. And Elon Musk is just like Elon Musk. True. Yeah. Um, and well, and they both have enough money to pay for whoever they want, essentially, to train them. I mean, even if Elon wants Joe Rogan, it's like, yeah, hey, I'll pay you to train you. But um, do you want to get into this right now? Like, what do you really think like is going to happen if they get into the octagon together? My personal opinion is that if this actually goes down and they literally do this, I don't really seeing it last very long. I don't know. Either. You know, it, it, because usually when you have like inexperienced people like this, it, it, it just, yeah, you know, it, it's like just takes two hits and somebody falls down. You know, Elon's kind of got the advantage because I think he's a little bit taller and bigger. I think he's like a foot taller. Yeah. But <laughs> he is like 10 years older or something like that than Musk, like eight to, yeah. nine, eight to 10 years. I, okay. So what I predict would happen is Zuckerberg is going to go straight for the legs mm -hmm. to try to get him down on the ground and then start pounding him. If Elon has good trainers, the trainers are going to know Zuckerberg is going to do that. Mm -hmm. And they're going to train him to defend against that. What I think is more likely than not to happen is they're going to go in with these strategies and then it's just going to be extremely awkward like very awkward the whole time. They're both going to come out looking super awkward and a little bit bloodied up potentially. And um, we'll all be watching eating popcorn while it all goes down. <laughs> I'm not missing that one. And Dana White's just like cha-ching. That would literally oh, yeah. be I mean, that, that's that's what bigger than at. McGregor and anyone. Yeah, literally. No, yeah McGregor and um, what was it? Merriweather? like a while ago that was no like, oh mcgregor and mayweather the Mary, boxing. mayweather yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The boxing mean, this, match. that was huge that was really big but yeah this that wasn't yeah that was big but that was still two fighters and it was like it was mcgregor yeah. going into mayweather's sport like it wasn't really fair honestly no, really like if they were in the octagon he would have killed mayweather yeah. like it wouldn't even have been a fight you know yeah so so how this all went down was it was a originally um i somebody there uh, Lindsay, can you pull up the um, the the Elon first response link here? So, yeah. So somebody, so so Elon was responding to a post, and he said, "I'm up for a cage match if he is." And then this Penny Two X was like, "Love you, Elon, but you better start training." And then send me the location. So this screenshot was posted by Mark Zuckerberg on his Instagram account, but it was a story account. So you don't see this screenshot on his like post, you know, because when you do a story, it, you know, goes away after a while. So the send me location was from Zuck. And then Elon Musk is saying, is this he's like, if this is for real, I will do it. <laughs> so that's how it all started. So then, and then of course, the last video that Mark Zuckerberg has on his Instagram is him fighting somebody with uh, in jujitsu. Yes, yes. Do we have that video? Yeah, we do. Because I think we need to look at this yeah, to see what the Zuckerberg training video. Mm -hmm. So this this is the last video um, right now. Currently, if you go to Mark Zuckerberg's. Uh, Instagram, I think it's at Zuck or whatever it is. Uh, this is the video that you're going to see. And then yeah, there's that other photo he has of him wearing like, I don't know, some 
army bulletproof thing or something. Yeah, well, this is, yeah, this is what you do in jiu-jitsu. It's all a game of leverage, right? So this guy's his trainer. So I'm going to be like this. Okay. Yeah. Thing. Teaching him how to take him down using this method where he grabs his leg, right? And now he's trying to get him in an arm bar. Now, that was, that was great. Yeah, that was great. Because that was great. I know a little bit about this, that was an extremely awkward transition into an arm bar. I'm just letting you know. I, what I'm trying well, to say is he's not he's not very experienced. He's only like well, it, but he's been training, mm -hmm. so he still might have more experience than Elon. But we don't know how gangster Elon is. That's true. Though. We just don't know. I right? mean, he could be like secretly. He could be behind the scenes. He's running Fight Club. You don't talk about Fight Club. We don't know. Uh, I doubt that. I think he's well, probably, you know. So Elon, I guess in a Joe Rogan podcast recently, Elon revealed that he is training in multiple martial arts, including judo, um, Kyokushin karate, yeah, which might be, Taekwondo. I don't know what that is. That might be a more dangerous form of karate because most karate just loses in the octagon. And I guess he's Taekwondo started... is not bad. Judo is great for the octagon, but the best is jujitsu. And he also briefly trained in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Which is the best form of jiu-jitsu yeah. for the octagon. But my, okay, because I know a little bit he's, about this. He's my, a little bit overweight. He he would, well, he would get in shape. The training I guess he would, yeah. I mean, depending, you have, we, have, we don't know how long, you know, what they're saying. If it's three months out, a year out, like, I, I don't really know. I think, okay, I saw a, um, I saw an article saying that, what's his name, George St. Pierre? Mm -hmm. uh, it was oh, yes. offered to um, to train um, Elon Musk. Okay. St. Pierre is a legend. A yeah, legend I, I, in I the octagon. I don't know this much he's, about he's like, fighting. So. He's like the Merriweather of, of MMA okay. fighting. Okay. So this guy is like one more than almost any guy in history. He's technically the best, arguably the best MMA fighter in history. <laughs> if he's training... Elon and Elon's taking it really seriously, which usually everything Elon does, he takes it very seriously. Mm -hmm. It's, I doubt Zuckerberg stands a chance to be honest, because he's just, if Elon really wants to win, he will put his mind on it and he'll just, he's just going to train his butt off, you know, but he should probably get some kickboxing in there and jujitsu. He can't just go in with judo. Judo will get someone on the ground. You'll grab someone's clothes. You'll put them on the ground, but it's not going to win the fight for him. Mm -hmm. So you know. Well, um, and Lindsay, can you show this a little bit of this Dana White interview? So Dana White is um, one of the, the biggest promoters in the Uf UFC. Yeah, he's the CEO of, of UFC. Yeah, he's the CEO yeah. of UFC. Yes, yes, yes. So this is like he, he organizes all of this and he's super excited. And so here he is being interviewed, talking about it. And they're trying to confirm with him whether or not this is actually going to happen. You don't have to be a fight fan to be interested in this fight. You, you, everybody would want to see it. You know, you would be at the helm here. So is this something yeah, you are taking seriously? Is it something you're already trying to organize? Give us a lowdown. So, yeah, I'm taking a very – Lorenzo Fertitta called me this morning. Station Casinos in Las Vegas is putting a lineup on this today. Um, and, and, yeah, I'm, I'm taking it. Listen, if these guys are serious – I make fights that people want to see. That's what I do for a living. So if if they really want to do it and they're serious and we can figure it out and figure out a way to pull this off, 
I would absolutely positively do this. And did they both say that they absolutely would only do it for charity? I don't think either one of them need any money. So, no, they definitely uh, don't need it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it would be a, a money thing for either one of them. I think they would both, uh, you know, they, they both talked about how much uh, that they could raise for charity. It's, it, it would be a massive number that, mm. that, that, you know, they could both pick a charity that they both care about and raise the money. Yeah. Do, do we have a, a rough date? Are we talking later this year? Are we talking next year? How much Wait, training time do either of them want or need? Probably spent an hour and a half on the phone with both of them last night. I don't know. Th hmm. These are early stages. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Look, we've seen Zuckerberg doing um, – look, he, he can fight. I mean, by the accounts of people no. he's been training with. Well, we've seen it. He's, and he's we've seen it in contests. He, he can fight. But does Elon have any – combat sports background or is he just going and winging it mark takes the sport very seriously he trains very hard he actually is good at jujitsu he's good at stand-up and uh elon tells me that he he's done martial arts he's done jujitsu and he says people uh might not think this of me but i've been plenty of fights growing up in south africa so <laughs> is this so that's what i'm talking about like Okay, so th this is this is a factor because being in a fight and mm -hmm. understanding that adrenaline, like that's an experience thing. And mm -hmm. if Zuckerberg doesn't have any of that, and he's really nervous, and Elon just wants to beat him down, mm -hmm. and that's why you train, right? So your training takes over. So five eight and six one. All right, so um, planet Mars. <laughs> <laughs> I should say Venus on there instead of Mars. Yeah, so we've got a a side by side comparison up here, and Elon Musk's height is six one. Zuckerberg is five eight. Um, Elon Musk's man, somebody from another country did this. They're, just, they're so annoying. It's one hundred and eighty seven pounds, and Zuckerberg is about one hundred and fifty five, six sixty. Fifty-five. I was, I was right. He's, so he's the same weight as me. Yeah, and then uh, it says planet, like where you're from, and it says Elon Musk is from Mars and Zuckerberg is from unknown, <laughs> which is great. Net worth: Elon is worth uh, almost two hundred, well, a little over two hundred and forty billion dollars. Which I don't know if that's that's accurate now. And then Mark is worth a hundred, a little over a hundred billion dollars. <laughs> this is built like an athlete, Elon. No, Mark. Yes, and then built like a 1950s fridge. <laughs> Elon, <laughs> yes. Mark, though, it's kind of funny. So I guess we'll see what happens with it. But you know what? Kind of listening to them now, I'm kind of thinking that they might actually just put on a show. I mean, like they would still fight, right? But it's not like, okay, you know, they probably will even be told don't knock each other out within like the first 30 seconds, right? Like, play especially if they're doing this for charity they might actually try to draw it out a little bit i don't more. see that happening okay look there is massive egos at play here these are like the two biggest egos on the planet zuckerberg <laughs> is going to try to take elon apart in the first 30 seconds that's mm -hmm. what he's gonna do they will have a contract well what does that mean but yeah I of mean, course, they're going to have a contract. Every UFC it, fight has a contract. It might, it might be somewhat scripted. That's 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 what Lindsay's. That's what I'm kind of saying. There is no way their egos are going to allow for like, the scripting. Dance around each other before they start, like you know. I think no, no UFC fights are like that. They're going to go for the 
jugular in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> I really don't think that's going to happen. It's possible. It's possible. But yeah, there's been a lot of heating up of comments on Twitter between like a bunch of these bigger uh, CEOs. Like I saw some back and forth between um, Bezos and Musk too recently where um, Bezos had blocked Elon Musk, which is just weird. You know, really? like, yeah, yeah. Like on, tw- like on, on Twitter. On Twitter. Yeah. He like blocked him. And then Elon's reply was something like, your wife still follows me. <laughs> it's just like, he just has this way. <laughs> That's of, so funny, dude. It's very Trump era-esque, <laughs> the way that he replies on stuff. That's so funny. Which has confused a lot of people. So there's a lot of people, if you talk to people that don't really follow any of this or what's going on, on certain sides of the fence here, they hate Elon Musk. They think he's a Trumper and all of this stuff. And I'm like, where are you getting your information? Because that's not even true. Like they argue one another all the time. It really is true. It's really weird. And it's like, well, the the main culprit is the media. It's just how the media plays this. I mean, he's, he's telling anybody like, Hey, you know, it's like with Tucker Carlson, what he's doing and bringing on Robert, Robert F. Kennedy. It's like, Hey, I'll have Biden on here. Like I'll have Trump on here. Anybody, any candidate can come on and we can do this. It's just that they're there. They don't, they won't do it. They won't do it. Cause they're trying to, so, they're trying to frame him as this like far right conspiracy theorist guy, right? He's a far right extremist. And, and it's like, you can't be on either side. Like if you don't support them and you say anything that has to do with freedom of speech and all of that stuff, they will eliminate you. They're, you're off of their lists. It's over. That's how it is right now. It's a big issue. Yeah, it is. It, it's got to bounce back at some point. People yeah. have got to f- smarten up and figure this out. <laughs> Do you want to watch trailer? Yeah, we'll watch the trailer. And then when we get back, we'll talk about the person who is trying to stop it all from happening. Fantastic floods. Creation myths. Gods, beings, corruption, and the downfall of man. These make up the creation stories across cultures for millennia. But what if the Garden of Eden isn't just a story, but a real place on earth? A great flood. Pole shifts. Renewal. What's super interesting about this is that it seems to suggest a pole shift happened, which reversed the Earth's poles, causing a catastrophic flood to occur as it changed the landscape of our world. Hidden symbolism. A warning from the past. A lesson left for the future. We started by looking into a weird question. Why do we see so much serpent, snake, and reptilian symbolism in our modern culture? Journey to the Garden of Eden with Edge of Wonder. Well, hello, y'all. 
Well, if you're just joining us or, or finding us on um, any wherever we're streaming right now, um, that is our Rise.TV platform where we have all of our Edge of Wonder content. And uh, you can find multiple series that we've done over the years, over 200 oh, videos that we have on there. I don't, I don't even about any topic you can pretty much think of. More than 200, yes. Including our live shows, there's actually over 400 shows that we've done all together. And, uh, and of course, you have your metaphysical show with John Vivanco. And um, we have a whole series on the seas and the world of Tartaria and transhumanism and everything else you can possibly think of. So come on over and join us for only $9.99. And uh, we, we have our own live chat that we interact with our fans on there, too. So Super fun. Yep. And um, and also, if you're if wherever you are watching us, please hit like and subscribe and follow us and subscribe to our channel. Yeah, we could use your support, you guys. Really Thank you. Do appreciate that. All right, back to all this. So the one person who's trying to stop this all from happening, Elon's mom. Yeah, what's up with this? <laughs> she she so she's been uh, very kind of active on Twitter talking about this and. I mean, this is, yeah, she's Elon Musk's, oh, there, hold on, there we go. Musk's mother pulls mom card, says cage fight with Zuck has been canceled. This, this was her words. <laughs> Keep getting pop-up ads. You want to read this? It says, actually, I canceled the fight. I haven't told them yet, but I will continue <laughs> to say the fight is canceled just in case. <laughs> she looks great. Look at her. Yeah, no, she, she yeah, it's pretty cool. And then she says, a verbal fight only. Three questions each. The funniest answers wins. Who's who who funniest answers win? Who agrees? It's kind of funny. Elon, Elon responds with to fire. It. Yeah. That's nice. You scroll down well. on Z. It's on it's on that if you scroll down a little bit more. <clears throat> so mom stop it no it's a parody account that parody dude i part of me thinks that parody account is, is actually him. is him yeah i it's like i'm kind of like half on that. well it's got a blue check mark too it does have a blue check mark. elon musk aoc what does that mean aoc is it aoc that controls <laughs> no, the account? So, so it's, it's the, totally this troll it's like it's like the whole thing about that right. account is like they're trying to get with aoc because there's you know there's all those videos that are being made with aoc and, and Elon. it's like they're secretly in love oh, that's and, then, really and then elon's been like commenting on every of them all of them and then aoc has been like very quiet about it so it's really funny but um yeah yeah, yeah. This, 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 this is what started it. <laughs> Go ahead. It says, uh, so AOC says, tired of having to collectively stress about what explosion of hate crimes is happening because some billionaire with an ego problem unilaterally controls a massive communication platform and skews it because Tucker Carlson or Peter Thiel took him to, uh, took him to dinner and made him feel special. Elon Musk replies, "Stop hitting on me. I'm really shy." <laughs> I was talking about Zuckerberg, but okay. <laughs> oh, so funny. So that's what started this whole thing. And there's all these memes and videos going around of, of uh, people have been creating them of her and uh, Elon. That's it's funny. Funny. Yeah. So, um, okay. So the big thing, I, I think kind of like what initiated this whole thing with, with Mark and um, Elon is that, Meta wants to release a new Twitter alternative um, 
which is will go nowhere. Well, it won't. It's hard to say. So it's it, it, it's rumored to be called Threads. And what makes this a little bit more, um, what I want to say that could actually stand against Twitter is that everything that you already have on Instagram can just move over to threads, all your followers, all, all your stuff and everything else. Now, I still don't really know exactly if this is going to hold up, you know, but, but this is the thing that meta or Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg has been doing for a while. I mean, you have a, I mean, they, they bought Instagram prior to buying Instagram. It was just an independent thing, and they bought that. Facebook. And, He's talking about Meta buying Instagram. Yeah, they, like how Instagram was bought and purchased by them, WhatsApp. Then you have, um, you know, they, they were they went against heavily against, uh, what's that ghost app? What's that called? Oh, uh, it was Snapchat. Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah. That, whatever that, I don't know. Still, I, I'm still like very confused okay, on, boomer. On, on, on Snapchat there. I'm like, oh, what's going on with this? But yeah, no, that was like a, a really big, um, and, and it sucked because because of that feud, it, it tanked the stock for a while for, for Snapchat. And um, so we'll see how this works. But I think Elon, Elon hasn't been responding very well to, to muck talking about this new, suck yeah you suck. Call him muck? i just called him muck <laughs> suck. basically that's kind of if you combined elon with with zuckerberg it yeah. would be muck there you go muckerberg muckerberg muskerberg M musk yeah so um okay my thinking on this whole thing mm -hmm. is that uh i don't think threads will go anywhere um that would be very, very difficult to do. You may like it would take. OK, look at it this way. Zuckerberg for years has owned the entire market on VR. Mm -hmm. He even bought Quest. They've been trying to build out the metaverse. They've been trying to head the way in all of the software for the metaverse, et cetera, et cetera. In preparation for this being the space of the future and within a one. Um presentation from apple like everything was over and of course zuckerberg doesn't won't ex he's not going to admit that expect him to try to fight this entire thing mm -hmm. but the reality is that that headset apple controls they, they already the hardware that they're producing is 100 times better than anything that quest and meta has produced so it's the sort of the same thing it's like it just is very very well, doubtful that threads is going to be able to take over a, a like Twitter. Well, Twitter yeah. is just the place where this stuff happens. Well, and this is the thing that doesn't, this makes no sense from, from like a um, hypocritical situation because you have the media blasting Elon for purchasing Twitter and doing what he's doing. But then all of a sudden Mark's coming in saying like, well, we're going to do the same thing. And then the media is like, oh, great. What you're doing is great. What Elon doing is, is bad, but it's like, they're the same thing, aren't they? No, because... <laughs> Because they're, of course, I don't need yeah. to explain this, but the Zuckerberg version of Twitter would be much more fiercely controlled using the same um, principles that Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter used to be, <clears throat> you know, organized and controlled from. So, yeah. And, and the, um, well, and the other thing I kind of worry about is them, like, Already, I mean, they've been in talks with Dalai Lama and Oprah and some other people 
to say like, hey, stop using Twitter and come over and use this only, you know. But the thing is, it's like people have been using like Twitter now is just like Elon said, it's like the town hall. I mean, the, people have their accounts on there as long as they've had accounts on Facebook, like 2008, 2009. And it took a long time to build those and accounts. You're not going to want to let that go. You're not all of a sudden just going to be like, OK, let me use a whole new platform, even if. I do have some followers over there. It's just like everyone's gotten used to it. It's like kind of like Facebook. Facebook is like, it's like they each have their own thing. I mean, Instagram and Facebook are actually one and the same. So, you know, it, it's like, I, it's like, I can't imagine with more social media coming out, people are like, oh, I mean, usually people are more prominent on one of the platforms, unless you're like, heavily doing something like for us for example with with you know what we're doing with edge of wonder and whatnot we kind of use all of them but again we're a little bit more focused on probably instagram right now than, mm-hmm. than you know just because it's like you have limited resources and you're just like okay with all these apps you know which one is the most effective which one do we understand the most and that's why i can't understand i can't imagine that somebody would be using all of these simultaneously and usually people are really good at Twitter, right. really good at Instagram. And Facebook is just kind of like, I don't know, Facebook. A lot of people are upset with Facebook, though. Uh, yeah, for good reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, OK, so, uh, you know, the that Edge of Wonder Facebook account mm-hmm. lost like 1,600 subscribers since like last week. Oh, really? I, yeah, well, I haven't, I haven't, why? Yeah. The, right. I think what happened was like they, they're constantly cleaning out bots and bots comprise mm-hmm. an enormous amount of. Oh yeah, stuff that's going on, you know, hundred percent. Yeah, and that's that's been one of the main main issues is that, like, when with Elon purchasing Twitter, you know, you find out, uh, oh, actually, all these accounts are bots, and then the media is having like a hard time, like, you can't delete all these accounts. It's like, well, they're all fake anyway. So, right. Anyway, all right. Well, um, okay. Why don't we get into this? Is I mean, some of these things are kind of interesting. We'll get into some of the more like crazier fights that we found because I, I was kind of looking through some really interesting fights back in the day and oh there yeah some from like a long time ago yeah, yeah. like uh this one from uh 1892 and it was james corbert versus uh john sullivan james corbett corbett and corbett. john sullivan so who are these guys tell me so they were um they fought for the world heavyweight championship and this was it was like a lot of this back then was outlawed because how people fought. I mean, they weren't fighting with boxing gloves. They, you would just like get into like a, a match, bare knuckles, bare knuckles, and you just kind of fight it all out. And um, yeah, so this, these, this is actually representing the two guys here. And Corbett won by knocking out Sullivan in the 21st round. That's 21st round. Yeah. I don't even know how long these, um, these fights could sometimes go up to 75 rounds. It must've been like yeah. a minute or two long. Yeah. And gloves weren't added until 1889 or, um, well, the, gloves were recently added and, and they weren't added until then. I'm right. sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 So the title championships were bare knuckles, which is what they were doing. And then he knocked him out with like a physical punch, which I can't even comprehend that. Maybe they weren't, f- I don't, I don't, <laughs> 
I mean, obviously, the, you're not training as hard as today's. Well, it's a different type. Standard. It's a different type of fighting, right? It is. Yeah. They're 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 going around doing this thing, and then yeah, and more know. more like doing like jabs, you know. And now with boxing gloves, I mean, you're you're like really throwing your weight. I still wouldn't you're, want yeah. to get in the ring with any of those guys. Right. And also, working out has changed so much mm. from back then, right? I mean, it's it's just. So James Corbett and John Sullivan, though, were boxers of the era, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, got mm -hmm. it. Yeah, they were. So, yeah. And then another one, old one was uh, 1893, Andy Bowen versus Jack Brooke. Burke. Burke, sorry. Um, and this boxing, boxing match broke a world record for 110 rounds. Wow. It was the longest bout in hit in boxing. Oh, history. Pretty evenly matched, I guess. Yeah. Well, for yeah, um, it's oh, and get this. It started on a Thursday evening and didn't finish until Friday. Yeah. Seven hours and 19 minutes. That's a long fight. <laughs> Sounds like one of my fights I had with my brother when I was a kid. <laughs> um, they by the end of the boxing match, both of them lost nearly 10 pounds. You're kidding. No. They're wow. fighting for seven hours straight. I guess you would take a break for like a little bit. And then it ended up being a draw. Well, and Burke, the guy Burke, I'm not sure which is Burke here. I'm not, honestly, I'm not 100% sure which one's which either. But anyway, this guy Burke broke both of his hands during the fight. Yes. Both did. of his hands broken. It's rough. Yeah. That's crazy. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Evander Holyfield versus Mike Tyson. This is the second one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now that everybody knows why this one, this bout was contentious. It's a Mandela effect. It is. It's a big Mandela effect, actually. Yeah. Okay. So uh, in this fight, Tyson ends up getting frustrated with Holyfield. Holyfield's in great shape. And Mike is not making as much of a dent as he feels like he should. He leans in, takes a big chunk out of his ear which now is a much smaller chunk for some reason, and none of us can figure out why. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Holyfield's still walking around without part of his ear. Well, and what's really interesting is Rob and I have a friend that we know who actually sang the national anthem for this fight specifically. And she was sitting in the front row, and she was telling us that she remembers the whole fight they had to stop the fight and, and it never continued on because he like bit off more of his ear. Like everyone remembered off like a, like a chunk of his ear and he had to spit it out and everything else. Now it's just like a little tiny part of his ear, not, not like mm -hmm. a big chunk of it. So that's, what's really weird. And the fight continued on. So Tyson didn't get disqualified. The, no, the fight, it was like they, they stopped the fight and then, you know, and, and then for, for a brief time, they checked on him and everything else. And then the fight continued and everyone mostly remembers the fight just it didn't continue because they had to bring, um, bring Holyfield to the hospital. That's what I remember. But here it says this got, so it's here. It says Tyson bit off part of Holyfield's ear. This got Tyson disqualified and made him lose his boxing license, even though it was later reinstated to him. One of the most bizarre things ever seen in boxing. So what actually happened? Well, maybe it, maybe it did. Maybe it didn't continue. Lindsay, you 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 had the you showed the part of the the fight there, right? The image. It was the image. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's a great thumbnail of Th Mike this Tyson. Is so this is because this is a weird Mandela effect this is just because of 
of um okay let's look into this a little bit more ben is pulling up uh, yeah, just say wikipedia was, here well, i'm just looking at this tyson was disqualified from the boxing match but the, the question is did it continue on that's what i'm trying to find right now i thought okay here it is i guess well this is only the part where he bites off the ear there it is and I remember all this blood too. Like I seriously remember there was like a whole bunch of blood that that, that was like everywhere yeah. and like everyone was freaking out and like everyone was screaming and and then like I, I specifically Mike tight I remember Mike Tyson having it in his ear and spitting it out. I remember that too. And he doesn't do that. It's weird. It's weird that that of all the things that could have changed these little yeah. details like. Yeah. And I remember like him on the ground, not standing up and everyone's like freaking out. I mean, it's it's good that he didn't like, you know, bite off a huge chunk of his ear and everything. I mean, that's cool. But that's just it's not what I remember. Yeah. The whole thing happening. And like, that's not even really a big deal. It's just like, no, oh, it was bit his ear. all over. But this the is news. like, this was huge. This was so massive. Yeah. Everybody was talking about this. For sure. I mean, I, I remember going to school and that's all uh, that everybody was yeah, talking about. Exactly. It was just, you know, even, even if you didn't see it and, and it was just a lot, a lot of blood. I remember like his, his whole body was covered and like everyone was freaking out. And um, I just remember him laying on the ground, not standing up. So it, anyway, super weird to me that, that that is definitely a very strange Mandela effect. So anyway. And OK, so um yeah, and of course, we actually have all of that on Rise TV as a... Uh, yeah, we have uh, tons of Mandela Effect episodes. Actually, uh, at Metaphysical, too, we've released a bunch of Mandela Effect episodes, four of them. And we're. it's actually what's cool about those episodes, too, is we're talking about what's causing it a lot more. And so we do get into some of the cases, but then we're really getting into what's happening how does time really work and what are the different possibilities there with the like strange time dilation and, and things like that. So mm -hmm. definitely check that out if you want a kind of a more in-depth conversation on what could be causing the Mandela effect. You know, it's interesting. I'm reading the chat and there's a lot of people that remember it the way I was describing it. Yeah. He, he, that it was a lot of blood. It was a really, really, really big deal. I remember um, that. And it, like there was all these skits and parodies of people doing it afterwards of, of like, you know, yeah. like the ears, like people like biting ears and like the whole ear. Right. And, like all these things from it. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I think Saturday Night Live did a whole thing. about Of course it right, they right did. After that happened. And there was a few other things that happened with that, too. And, and, and it's like it's just I don't know. I just remember it. I, I didn't even watch that many fighting or boxing matches or anything else. And that's just something that is like everybody knew about. Everybody was talking about. So very strange. Now it's just now I, like I watch it now and it's just like, I don't know. You, you see more crazier things on wrestling at this point. So it's like, you do. Know. Yeah. The ladder matches and stuff, <laughs> yeah. especially AEW, man. Yeah. AEW is rough. Yeah. The, the, uh, They're yeah. just trying to be crazy. They really are. And, yeah. And it's like really over the top, but you know, Broadway for exciting, men, I guess. That's what it is. Broadway. Totally what it is. <laughs> That's why I love Soap it. Soap operas with blood. It's basically what it is. 
<laughs> but uh, okay, so the other one we have here, which is really, this is one that's really fascinating because, uh, well, actually, before we get into this, why don't we play a trailer and then we'll do the last one. Okay, sure. So, all right, let's do it. One of the most prolific serial killers of all time has become a household name, a national phenomenon. But why? What do Bundy's family connections reveal about the deep state? Mind control, Satanism, and occult rituals. Is there a thread that ties together most of the serial killers in modern history? Once the truth is revealed, you'll never look at the deep state the same way again. Edge of Wonder exposes the deep state. Bloodline is extremely important in Mason. An active Freemason whistleblower. I was ultimately approved uh, to join. Reveals his story for the first time. So I got into it by reading about it, and then I petitioned to join a lodge in the area. Discover things you never knew. Here's the mind-blowing thing. There's a book in this library by John Dewey insider knowledge never before divulged but he, he literally told me he said in a wall street firm one of the 13 bloodlines up close and personal this is going to sound like i'm making it up but i really did feel uh, something i never experienced on meeting another person on this earth Hey everyone, welcome back. So those are our series that we have on our rise.tv platform as we were talking about earlier. And um, so if you haven't, be sure to check out our um, rise.tv where we have tons and tons of content and uh, which is our produce show. Right now we're doing our live show and that's really where we promote our um, produce show. That we have. Yeah, if you so. like what we're doing and you want a meaningful way to support, we have you know, so many videos behind the paywall of super interesting research. And it's really not very expensive. It's like two coffees a month and you can get access to all of that. It's super interesting. You can be the smartest guy in the room, honestly, <laughs> with all of that. And um, we found stuff that just for some reason, no one else has found. I mean, even like this Titanic episode, right? It was shocking for Ben and I to come into this whole thing, doing research and finding that people were missing some of the most basic like evidence when they were making their cases on different things. Like even with the, like everyone's still confused about whether it was the Olympic or the Titanic down there. Yeah. I, I've been seeing what these, really happened, seeing these you know, posts everywhere. Yeah. And, the, and it's like, actually you just, they're looking, they're looking at the wrong things. They, they, they're and totally looking at it. it was, it's actually what we found is that the, the switching of the ship is what they would rather have people focus on, uh, on the, like the quote unquote conspiracy theory of the whole thing, because it yeah. distracts from what 
actually happened. And from all of our research, I mean, we, we did talk about this on one of our last shows, but we showed um, photos of what the Titanic looks like underwater, the Olympic and the Titanic before they set sail on the Titanic. And what's what sank have the exact same windows where, where the Olympic doesn't have ba a balcony and the Titanic has a balcony and the one underwater has a balcony. So, right. And the, the serial numbers still match up. So from our understanding, it definitely is the Titanic that's under underwater. But what's weird is that there was the fire that took place. Yeah. And the fire too. And the fire made a hole in the hole, which is weakened it, weakened it. And supposedly where the iceberg hits. So, and of course there's you know, a lot more with yeah. the fed and all of that stuff, but and it, we go over all of it in that video, but that's just one example. One example. Yeah. And we've got tons of different series where we're covering things like this and just finding the most bizarre things. So definitely love to have you over on rise.tv if you'd like to support our work and um, yeah, you just get a lot in return. Uh, we're not just, kind of asking for you to support and not giving back. It's like we have a whole platform. We've got a great chat with all of these people that we love uh, that we've met. It really feels like family in there. It's pretty awesome. So, um, but anyway, Ben, tell us about this Charles Wepner versus uh, Muhammad Ali fight well, here. So what makes this so fascinating is that this was the inspiration for Rocky. Wow. So Charles Wepner is the actual inspiration for the Rocky. That's really cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, and Ali was like the, the number one um, uh, contender at the time. And basically, Ali, Ali was like beating everybody. And there were mostly black people that he was fighting. So he specifically wanted um, a white person to. And, and the slogan was uh, give the white guy a break. That was literally the slogan that, that was used. And what's so fascinating is that him and Wepner were, were on a show together, like kind of to promote the fight and everything. And during a commercial break, um, Ali wanted him to use the N-word against him to, to create more tension between the two. That's really mean. And, and um, Wepner was like, man, I feel really uncomfortable about that on live TV. Like, I don't want to do that. So when they came back from the break, because he wouldn't do it, Ali accused him of saying it during the commercial break. And, and so that started this kind of whole thing. And, and so, so, um, that's me. Wepner was trying to like, you know, defend himself to the whole thing. Like I, I really wasn't, you know, trying to do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he did receive a hundred thousand dollars, which is a lot of money at that time. That was like that time, a hundred thousand yeah. dollars would have been like six hundred or seven hundred thousand yeah. dollars. And no one thought he was actually ever going to win. So, um, and of course it went 15 rounds and finally the, the, um, you know, Ali, they, they gave it to, to Ali. So it was by decision, but just yeah, like the movie Rocky. Yeah. 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 It really kind of was at the end of it. I think what they realized is that if they kept going, he just wasn't going to stop <laughs> because, you know, and was he had so, something to fight for now. Yeah. But what's so funny is that um, there is a quote from him where he, um, I'm trying to find it. Where was it? Uh, he, so the night before the, the, the bout and everything else, he was with his wife and he bought her this like Webner. Yeah. 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 Adrian. He, yeah. He bought her this like blue nightgown and he's like, you know, you're going to wear this. He's like, you're going to wear this bed in bed to bed tonight because tonight you're going to be sleeping with the heavyweight champion of the world. So after the fight, Wepner, Wepner said, I came back to the room. I walked in and she's sitting on the edge of the bed. And she says, am I going to Ali's room or is he coming to mine? 
<laughs> that's a funny because, joke because he, you know, he lost in the end. But anyway, it was fun. It, it's funny, but um, but yeah. So this was the whole inspiration for Rocky, and he actually talked to uh, Stallone himself to give him like some like to kind of talk about what happened in his mind and and some some quotes and stuff that he even said in real life about. I wonder about how it, much so. of I'd love to look into that. Like how much. Uh, Stallone actually took from his character in Rocky because it's that's got to be one of the greatest movies, yeah, ever. Yeah, it's it really so is. Good. It's so good. It really is. I, I I was like really just the whole thing, and it's I mean now in today's standard, it's not as groundbreaking because I, but but the no, stuff no. that they were doing at the time, Rocky holds up yeah. to this day still. I watched it even a, a, like a couple of years ago. I watched them all again because I was like, oh, and the Rocky movies are consistently excellent. It was like great first movie, great second movie, third movie kind of week, amazing fourth movie. Like the fourth pretty movie good. is good. With Dolph Lundgren? Yeah, it's pretty good. No, it's, that whole thing good. with communism that they brought yeah, in I mean, and how is, they did that, that, that is true. and him yeah. killing uh, Apollo, the whole thing, mm -hmm. like it was just awesome. Yeah, it was it was really good. Well, years later, um, sorry, I got something in my eye. Yeah. Here. Years later, um, you okay? You need me to slap you? <laughs> Just kidding. Bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. He was an eyelash. Okay. So years later, Ali came back to um, Wepner and, and apologized to him. You know, it's just like, wow, I'm really, I'm, you know, it's pretty amazing that you still wouldn't, even when I was like taunting you to do it you know just even as a even as a joke you know knowing that i i knew you you weren't really meaning it have you um he was right. like you know i really appreciate that you didn't you didn't give into that actually so yeah that's good that he didn't yeah seems like a good guy and i'm glad he went the distance with ali and just showed him what can happen with a little bit of spirit mm -hmm. like a fighting spirit mm -hmm. but i have another question for you have you ever dug into the whole Muhammad Ali conspiracy. What what part? So I'm trying to think if we, if we ever talked about this on the show. Um, we talked about a lot. I started looking into this, and it is extremely unclear. Okay, here's my current take on it. Mm -hmm. There are people out there that claim that Muhammad Ali is not a good fighter at all, and they they staged every single one of those really to make him look like he was the greatest in history because they were just. They were just playing the betting game and making tons of money on the black market, basically, outside of the fight. So all of them were staged. And if you look at his match with Joe Frazier, I think it's the match with Joe Frazier, which is a really, um, it really, like, Ali does not punch him. It's like there's no way Frazier, who is built like a fridge, would have gotten hit and gone down the way that he did so easily. It was just like he kind of went like this a couple of times. And and so there's all of the speculation around that. Did he hit him? Did he not? And then there's a lot of research that's been done about what was going on with the different players and all of that. Now, my take on it is, at this point, Muhammad Ali was a very talented boxer. But there was still some of this going on with these players behind the scenes who were putting on the bouts and trying to make extra money off of whether or not someone would go down or not. Right. And I think they wanted Frazier to go down at it because you know, what you're betting on isn't just whether someone wins, it's whether someone wins in a certain um, round and how much time it takes to get them down. Right. Mm -hmm. And all of these things will raise the amount of money you're making. So 
Hmm. Um, and then I think when Mike Tyson came on the scene, he was like an uncontrollable force in the ring. You could not control Mike Tyson. So it was just put him in a ring and he's going to absolutely destroy anyone in there. Whoever's in there. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's really interesting. Well, and that, you know, and that would kind of make sense with this fight because it sounds like Wepner really put everything he had into fighting Ali. And then it's like, well, they can't have him lose. So then at the end, it was just like, they okay, can't have yeah, Ali yeah, lose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I so think Wepner, if Wepner knocked him out, Mm -hmm. That would have been the greatest upset in history. It's actually a shame that he didn't. Well, and there's been, <laughs> would have been lot, so cool. There's been a lot of rumors that a lot of these fights are, are preset. That's same, what I mean. Same thing with, what was it? McGregor and, and even Merriweather. People were talking about that. I guess there was one part where McGregor starts falling down and like Merriweather almost looks like he kind of holds him up without falling, without having him falling down. People are talking about, I, I don't, I actually remember I, I did watch it. Just because it was like, I wasn't really, I'm not really that much into like fighting or anything, but it was just like, it was such a massive thing. Like everybody was talking about it. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll try to see if I can watch this. You know? Yeah. But, I, I um, think, and I everybody is always trying to argue mm -hmm. who'd win in a fight, Ali in his prime or Tyson in his prime. Tyson. I think Tyson would eat him Dude, alive. I, I think Tyson was one of the best ever. boxers ever in that history. And he was like, he was just a crazy rough maniac in the ring. Like mm -hmm. he, he would have taken him apart i think one punch no one could take a punch from tyson in his prime when he was in his 20s he would have killed someone well, even after he got out of prison you remember yeah. he, he fought that one match and it was like over in 30 seconds because yeah. i mean all he's been doing is just like working out right like all day long yeah. he gets out and like one punch the dude goes down and it's like that's it what's know? really interesting now <laughs> is tyson is on some strange spiritual like journey he is yeah. like he's really he has a like his wife really loves him and cares about him and he's really trying to like in look internally about mm -hmm. all like his life and how he was in the past and so he just like man he's got the probably one of my favorite tweets of all time at this point what's that it's something about pigeons oh i remember seeing it something like, about I'm like, why does nobody like, like pigeons they didn't do nothing nobody it's like something like that. It's a great, great tweet. It got to be the funny. Uh, like I've not hilarious. laughed at a, at a tweet that hard in my life. Pigeons. Interesting. I, I, I do remember that. We That's pulled cool. it up on the show once. Yeah. And yeah, the face tattoos. I mean, really, you know. I mean, it is what it is. You know? <laughs> he was the first to really do that, though. Do you remember? Yeah. Like now everybody I has know. face tattoos. But back then, if you got a face tattoo, you were just totally out of your mind. <laughs> Well, and there's a lot of things even related to the um, the um, the whole rape charges against him. I don't understand it, why people would want to get rid of pigeons. They don't bother no one. Just flying rats. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, Mike, my friend, you probably haven't seen the zombie pigeons in New York City if you're saying that because they're scary. Those pigeons in New York City are like, like they come at you limping. Yeah, like yeah. one leg works, the other doesn't. Yeah, yeah, Half so of their face is missing and they're trying they like want bread. Yeah, it's, those, those pigeons are, are pretty, are, they, can get, they can get very, very uh, aggressive. Kind of aggressive. Yeah. Too. They really can. So they're super scary. Yeah, they, they are. Okay. All right. Well, moving on. Um, and other news, uh, aside from all everything that's going on. So it was released just a little bit ago that um, they found two more balloons. balloons. Okay, tell me about this. What's going on here? 
So it says NORAD scrambles to calm fears. Another Chinese spy balloon is flying over the U.S. So I guess they found actually it looks like they've found two more. Now, whether these are um, China or not, that's been the question. But it does seem to be. Is it really a question, though, everybody? I mean, come on. Seriously. Um, Who else would it be? No, seriously. Who else would it be? These are just random yeah. weather balloons. Again, over Montana. This is why it's so weird. Residents, several residents over Montana. Um, that's okay. Raised the, they raised the alarm on Sunday. So I guess this happened, okay, a couple days ago. But they did see a high-flying balloon, and it was spotted overhead. And now there was another one that was spotted. So I guess they're, today they're sending out some craft to find out what these balloons are. So far, I don't think there's been an update. But, um, but yeah, I'm just... <laughs> I don't know what... Okay, new images show suspected Chinese spy balloons. So they do think that they are... Um, they are, uh, and they're over Japan and Taiwan. So yeah, they're probably, there's more balloons too. Man, this is, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly what China is doing here with these balloons. Like everyone's worried that it could be an EMP attack, you know, electric magnetic pulse where it could like, you know, fry the grid or something like that. Um, some kind of surveillance, which you would think you would just need a satellite. Yeah, to but it's also, it's like probably third grader surveillance in a world with like, you know, I'm hoping that's the case. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they can't yeah. really build effective things over there. I mean, but why, why? What the heck is going on? Like, why are they doing this? I, I don't know. I'm still, you know, I think I, they're just trying. Okay. Okay. Communications. A, a lot of people are like, oh, we got to be really worried about China. Everybody thinks it's like next world war. Mm -hmm. Actually, even China is trying to prepare for a war and all of this stuff. And it's kind of ridiculous because they haven't even done anything about Taiwan, which is literally really close to them. That's true. They're so yeah. afraid to do anything about that, that they haven't like, there's just no way they're going to do anything over here. So how are they trying to push or um, appear strong, they're sending these balloons into the United States to try to taunt us a little bit to make themselves look good so that they can talk about it in their own country and make themselves appear great and strong and all of this stuff. Haha, -ha, the Americans don't aren't doing anything about what we're doing. And it's really just like, literally, it's like sending a balloon over into someone's yard. That's all it is. I don't think, Seems I think like it's it. just for show. Well, also, I think that the, the, the CCP itself is very they're actually very weak. They want to appear they're big and strong, the next superpower, but so many, so many people within the party itself, within the communist party have resigned. So like there's the whole movement of um, what's called Tweidong in, in Chinese, oh, yes. the quitting the party. And there's now been over 400 million people that have quit the party. Um, on top of that, a lot of their military, because of the one child policy, a lot of their military um, are just like the parents just have one child, one child. And so they really don't want them to go to war because if they lose that child, that's that's it. You know, they have no more children. So a lot of the military are a little bit more weaker because because of that. Um, and they, they, a lot of their stuff, like you said, is failing. I mean, they can't really build things very well. A lot of it's cheaply made. Uh, you know, it's like orders go in for all kinds of different things. That money is like, you know, 
half of that money is like taken Stolen. by corrupt politicians yeah, and military leaders and everything else. And then just like, you know, bare bones minimum of what they can use that money with to make products. Kind of like the state of make. Rhode Island, but worse. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I really don't believe that there's going to be a Chinese invasion. Like, I just don't think they can muster it. They honestly. cannot I, at all. They, they will. They may say that and and try to act all big and bad and everything else but at the end of the day it's like they're not really gonna i think it's for show i i I really don't think that that there's i mean it's always good to be on your toes like Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong like you have to be yeah when it comes to these things and 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 you know arguably it's a vulnerable situation right now so maybe they want to try to do some of that but i don't i don't think that it's possible and the reason why this tweedong movement is so important too because you know in china when you are becoming part of the party, you literally like sign your soul to that party. Like, because the country is atheist, right? So like the party is your God. And that's why for the CCP, it's so important to have the names, like people join this party because you're not just joining the party. It's like, you're joining the whole, what it stands for and the whole ideological aspect of this. So when people resign or, or write their name down saying they're quitting the party, it's like it's not just like quitting the party on paper. It's like literally like I don't want anything to do with this. And I'm it's like getting your soul back in a lot of ways. So um, th- this is have this has had massive influence within the party in a, in a positive way, if you're looking at it from that perspective. And um, and, and because of it, a lot of the ho- top leaders inside China, they, they don't even trust each other. Because they don't actually know if like, oh, did this person quit the party? Did this person quit the party? Is this person going to like, you know, reveal secrets within the party to different, you know, different people, different organizations, different governments. So there's a lot of mistrust. And also everyone is so corrupt that everyone already doesn't trust. They don't trust each other already. So there's not a whole lot of things I think that they can do on the surface because of the of how corrupt the whole system is like if you imagine our government over here multiply that by like a million and that's that's like the ccp over there yeah so it's its own it's its own gangs cartel or something Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it and one of the things that they've been really doing is um you know of course we've been talking about this a lot is organ harvesting in china and Jiang Zemin, the former leader of China, he, he's one of the main people to initiate this organ harvesting, specifically targeting <laughs> Falun Gong practitioners, underground Christians and Uyghurs, um, Uyghurs in, in China. But uh, this is the first U.S. law ever that was uh, enacted in Texas. So it wasn't a global or a national Law, but still a big deal. It's still a big deal that they're actually uh, acknowledging one that the organ harvesting is real, and two, um, you know, really cutting down and and hitting hard against anybody that wants to do um, what they're calling um, organ or organ transplants, um, organ tourism, transplant tourism. Like you would go specifically to China to get a transplant, and in China, um, you know, based on so many. So much research that has been done, um, including two people from Canada, David Medis and um, Kim, David Kildor. Kildor. Yes, Kildor. they were members of the parliament and lawyers, and they went over there and did a massive investigation and found like, yeah, you know, you could literally get a new heart within very easily uh, a few days. Yeah, oh, a couple of weeks. 
which less, is less than a week, yeah, less than a week. It was less than a week. It was basically so you like think about that process for a minute. Everywhere else in the world, you could die from not getting an organ because like somebody has to die. The organ has to be taken out. They have to be an organ donor. Like you can't just take an organ. But somehow from China, you're able to get your hands on an organ days. So that means within days of getting that phone call, a political or spiritual dissident of the state is killed so that their organs can be harvested and sent over here. And those, a lot of those hospitals were actually in, well, one of the big ones was in, um, was in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. actually. It was. And, yes. uh, and so what it's saying here, which is interesting in Texas, is as of September 1st, it will be illegal in the state for health insurance providers to fund organ transplants using organs originating from China or any other country that's known to have involvement in the practice of forced organ harvesting. So the bill, SB 140, which was approved unanimously, thank goodness, and both the state's legislative chambers in May was signed uh, by Governor, Governor Greg Abbott on June 18th. So this is, it's a big deal. Like that, mm-hmm. that is a big step in the way of combating a lot of just extreme, like the most corrupt acts on the planet. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was all being carried out in China. And and what, what's good is that it actually shines a light. Like, yes, we're at, we're not only acknowledging this, we actually are trying to do something about it and hopefully putting more pressure on our own government about this. And there has been other legisla- legislation passed in Congress about it. So, you know, the, these are all really good steps to take um it's not before it was like being talked about it people especially like mainstream media were like oh well there's no proof now it's like well yeah okay everyone pretty much understands it's going on um whether they're doing something about it is another story so this has been very encouraging to see something like this being passed through so and for those of you that don't know Falun Gong was a um it's like a just a simple meditation kind of like qigong tai chi practice that started in the early 90s and it was it's still to this day a free practice it just kind of caught on like wildfire in china Um, a lot of people were were finding that their you know their health was getting better Um, they were working harder feeling better feeling more happier and the chinese government was even promoting it in the beginning because it was it was saving the money or this country on healthcare costs and people were working harder and then by 1999, they found that there was about 100 million people practicing, and then they launched this massive persecution, and that's still continuing to this day. Yeah, it hasn't been called off, which mm-hmm. means there are some people that are still doing it. Yep, 100%. The only way to call it off is actually, honestly, to end communism. Yeah, like you have Xi Jinping to. has to end end the CCP. That, that That's it, you know, and I think at this point, he just, it's like, I, I believe from my understanding, I think he's using the CCP to stay in power. And I feel like he, if he feels like if he ends the CCP, he's going to lose his power. But in reality, it's probably the opposite. If he actually ended the CCP, brought in democracy, everyone would actually vote for him instead of becoming the emperor like he's proclaiming himself now. <laughs> so, like now he's been in there for like the third term and he should have stepped down by now and he didn't. So uh, there's this joke. Everyone's calling him Emperor Xi in China. So anyway okay so i'm having Lindsay look up the article that i've read about these um oh yes the hospital in pennsylvania because i mentioned a hospital in pennsylvania and i would rather bring this article up because this article actually it's i think it's called a hospital's built for murder and it's by matthew robertson and it would be on the epoch times website 
Yeah. So um, in a nutshell, uh, this guy, Matthew Robertson, he, he used to work for the Epic Times. He did almost like a months and months investigation into this. And what he was finding that the see China does not have an official organ donation system. So they're saying these organs are coming from um, persecuted prisoners and, and, and whatnot, you know, in, in prison camps and, and things like that. So in reality, they shouldn't really be doing that much transplant. One doctor alone, just one doctor was like bragging that he was, he did 25,000. It was roughly around that number, 25,000 or so eye transplants in one year, which is ridiculous because where are these bodies coming from? Where are these where, bodies coming where, from? Where are the eyes coming from? You know, how is this even happening? Just one doctor proclaiming that. So they looked into these hospitals and what they were finding is you can Lindsay, um, scroll down, scroll on, down on, 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 the, on the article a little bit. But what they were finding is that there was hospitals specifically built for these. Um, yeah. Okay. One doctor was bragging. He did 1600 liver transplant transplant plantations um and then it just gets more and more and more in depth with all of it and they're realizing that these hospitals were literally being built not just for organ transplants but really for murder because they were killing the person that they were taking the organs from so and the other issue with this was that you may have uh somebody doing like a liver transplant and maybe that liver isn't compatible so they said they may have to go through nine different livers for one to finally work with the original patient that they're, that's getting the transplant. So it's not including some of these people that are dying in that process. And of course, everyone is alive um, prior to these um, when they're removing their organs yeah. because they want to keep them fresh. And it sounds like and they don't even care whether they live or die after. No. And there's been multiple doctors that have come forward, you know, talking about what they did. There's a lot of documentaries about this and um, very, very extremely detailed uh, reports all given to the United Nations, given to countries all around the world. Um, and of course, you know, the problem with the UN is that the CCP nominated one of their own people to be in charge of uh, human rights on this on the in the United Nations. Uh, I laid out these infographics. Yeah, this was a uh, this is in 2016. So do you, do you want to? Can you explain a little bit what's going on here? Um, <clears throat> I have to look at it again. But okay. So basically, the beds each equal a hundred. So you're basically looking at how many beds have been added. Like there, there's ways of doing peripheral research that are going to show you what hospitals are doing and how they're doing it based off of you know the like the orders that they're making right so if you look at it like 2015 to 2017 2000 beds were added right so they're increasing the amount of beds added so that people can come in to get these transplants over a period of time so you're seeing 2003 versus 2015 2017 so all the money coming in and all of that stuff that's mm -hmm. where it gets super creepy yeah it sure does and and um so these, these, so the, where these organs are coming from, these people are a hundred percent conscious, alive, like just fully awake, fully aware of what's going on. And, um, because they, they want, you know, and, and, 
they want them in very healthy condition. And so that's one of the, the big changes. A lot of the, the people, um, the, specifically the Falun Gong practitioners that were in these campsites and being tortured, one of the things a lot of them says, and Rob and I have talked to many of them. I mean, we actually have some personal friends that have been in the campsites for years in China and were finally able to get out. But what some of them were saying to us is that, you know, they were being beaten, tortured, starved, like everything. And then one day it just changed and they started treating them a little bit nicely. They wanted to make sure that they were fed. They didn't want to torture them anymore, but they started drawing their blood. And when they started drawing their blood, that's when they were like, okay, what is going well, on? Well, and, th and that's the whole thing. Like, this isn't that hard to understand, right? Why just have prisoners that are taxing the country's dollars to keep them in prison when they can make a bunch of money off of it, right? So they literally, like, that's how evil it is. They were like, oh, they were looking at these people as if they were dollar signs and they were figuring out how to make money off of these healthy people that were in there from doing like qigong exercises it's crazy yeah it, it really is and and that's all it was is dollar signs to right them. it was just like hey you know we have all these healthy people people need organs let's just do this you know and and they really do not care about human life and to the ccp's mindset it's like we have a billion people in china who cares if we kill a couple million you know really that that's unfortunately that's the way Jiang Zemin actually looked at it and they were very influenced by what was going on with Lenin, Lenin and Stalin during that time you know and, and just looked at it from that perspective and um and Jiang was just super crazy hungry on power and jealous rage and all of that and just it, it just it was it's really crazy and the sad part is it's still continuing on to this day Xi Jinping has yet to stop it. Now, he did arrest some of the top people that were carrying out the organ harvesting because they created a Gestapo kind of office called the 610 office that oversaw the organ harvesting aspect. And he did arrest a lot of the top people or they died, but he has yet to end the persecution, acknowledge that the persecution is happening and that the organ harvesting is happening. And same thing with underground Christians, which are being massively attacked as well. Churches are being destroyed. They're finding underground churches. They'll go. The CCP will go in there and arrest everybody who are who are there. Um, there's also been recently reports about Uyghurs that are being killed on the street. Actually, I was just seeing that on Twitter. A lot of people talking about that. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully there will be massive changes. Like I said, you know, this is why this Tweedong movement is so important because a lot of people have quit the party and have came back with all of this information. Well, like here's everything I've been a part of. Here's everything that's going on in China. Here's all the people that are involved with it. I think a lot of people think everything is like, I think modern science has taught people that, you know, think like symbols, things you sign don't really mean anything. It's like, whatever, it doesn't mean anything, right? But the the real, like the the real situation is that anyone that's, if the, if the communist party is doing things this evil to people and you're a part of the communist party, when divine beings decide to wipe out the communist party, if you're a part of that, like that, you don't want that on your soul. Like that's just how it is, right? That's why this Tweedong movement is so important. It's because... People need to detach themselves from that blood red flag that has been waving 
on that side of the world for as long as it has and get themselves free of all of that. Because if they're still signed up for it and they're still doing it and they're still raising their hand to it, well, then you've got a big issue, soul issue here. Like, and, and I, I think with anything that we do in our lives, we have to think about that stuff. You, there is responsibility and accountability for stuff. And people there have gotten so, right. They're so, um, well, poisoned and, yeah. and they don't, yeah, they don't think that, that that's a thing, but this is like, this is the case, you know? Well, and also when you're promoting atheism as a country, then there's no consequences. There's that's no what, exactly. Karma, there's no sin. Exactly. It's like, you can do whatever you want. You'll get away with it because there's no consequences, whatever you want to do, just do it. And the party is God. We, we define what is right and what is wrong. That's literally what the party is saying. So, um, you know, and now obviously things are different and they, they didn't, Zhang Zemin had no idea that all this would end up happening, continuing on. They were like, Oh, three months. They can't stand the, they won't be able to stand the, the, the power of the party that we have. This will all be over in three months. And it's been what now 20 something years, 25 years almost. And it's still, as of July. Yeah. And, and really the party is just hanging on by a thread. So, um, you know, it's just going to be a matter of time until something drastic is going to happen. And, and, and it's like, my understanding is like, they're already falling. It's just a matter of when it hits the ground and Xi Jinping won't be able to do anything about it at that point. So well, they're definitely losing ground. Well, Hey, you guys, we want to definitely answer some of your questions here. So why don't we head over to rise.tv um, where we're going to do a live Q and a, and then we're going to have a, um, 10 minute meditation with, with everybody meditation prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, but if you're at home and you're watching this, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. There's a lot of different kinds of information here, uh, where we were trying to kind of help you understand different things that were going on. And if you like what we're doing and you'd like to, um, support our work, we could really use your support. Uh, it's just nine 99 a month over there on rise.tv, uh, for a great community and just, tons of access to all of our videos over 400 videos on all kinds of cool stuff with all kinds of information that you know you can't get anywhere else honestly so um yeah if you can support our work we'd, we'd really appreciate that we'd love to have you over there uh with our community and um thanks for being with us ben great to have you here yeah it's great yeah. it's been great to be here good awesome to be in person so we'll get we'll see you over on rise.tv and answer some questions all right now. see you guys Think of this story as a murder mystery. Murder seems to have been committed, perhaps tens of thousands of murders. The mystery is why so few people seem to be paying attention. I felt this was sort of a horrible thing and nobody really wanted to look at it. I was a blood tested. Not only blood test, chest x-ray, blood pressure, and eye test, and the kidney test. It was as if somebody was checking the health of her organs and nothing else. Dr. Anwar. That is your job now. To as quick as possible, remove liver and the kidney. I found the phone calls simply irresistible. The chill would come and say, oh my God, this is real. They killed like tens of thousands of prisoners of conscience for their organs. That's really bad. What are we doing about this? So don't ask me how a physician can take part in this. There are certain lines we can't cross. This is a red line. That's an absolute red line. A little bit hard to believe that it could be so. 
it is not up for discussion as to whether murder for parts is taking place. It's now just a question of whether we're going to continue to put up with it. One hundred fifty years in the making. The ultimate evil specter. Lies, hatred, and struggle. Traditions destroyed. The Deep State's Cult Communism. Get your questions ready because it's time for our live QA session exclusively on Rise.tv. Hey, hey everybody. Guys. 